Hello, crime lovers, and welcome to Crime on Tap. I'm Megan, joined by my co-host, Sean. And welcome to our true crime podcast. Join us weekly as we drink our favorite cocktails and discuss gruesome murders, kidnappings, conspiracies, and more. Share the podcast with your friends, family, and heck, your grandma. Leave a review and make sure to follow us on all social media platforms at Crime on Tap Pod. Tune in for free on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. Whether you're driving to work or doing laundry, Crime on Tap will be sure to fulfill your true crime fix each week. And now, buckle up for this week's episode. Listen and enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. We thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of Crime on Tap. We are here at the end of the year, Megan. It has been a wild year, has it not? Yes, it has. It's gone by, but it also feels like never ending. Isn't that how everything feels nowadays? I feel like this year it's kind of dragged mm-hmm. out. Like, started a new job in oh April. God. I'm not even, like, at the end of the year yet. Well, I just think back to January how much has changed in January is when we started the podcast. I feel like we've been doing this for years. I know, right? Wasn't it January? That we the end of January we posted our first episode? I believe so, yeah. Because we definitely talked about it end of December. Mm-hmm. And then I think I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I mean we're still here, shockingly enough, you know? I know. We only skipped what? A couple weeks? <laughs> yeah. Maybe like a few here and there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe like one. But you know, at least we always thought about it. So that's all that counts. <laughs> that's true true that's true it's always like damn i don't have the emotional energy <laughs> to do right. i can't i can't or um we don't know what to talk about so we're just going to do snapped <laughs> yeah oh my favorite thing that i've noticed that i was thinking about before we started was remember when we used to put in audio clips and it was so professional and then we gave up on that <laughs> That was a lot of fucking work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, granted, it really added to the episode, but oh my God, unless you have a producer, editor, someone who's telling you what to do, it's hard to do it all yourself here. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like our charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent can yeah. carry the podcast without the audio clips. <laughs> That and the revenue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I don't even think we can take our the money that we've earned out until we make $15. So we can't even... <laughs> we still have not met the 15 mark. <laughs> oh my God. Do we have to report this to the IRS? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be... A waste of paper. <laughs> <laughs> it really would. It wouldn't even be worth our time or their time. No, exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think the IRS is going to be coming after us that we didn't claim $8.19 or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Be sure to follow us on all the major streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple, Podbean. <laughs> I love them. I should download the app. I know. We, we talk it up so much. I know. But be sure to listen to on all the platforms. So if you listen on Spotify, listen on Spotify and then also listen again on Apple. It would really help us with the algorithm boost. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. You hear that? But Megan, I wanted to talk about the elephant in the room. Your Christmas tree. <laughs> oh, 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 she a big elephant. She big. I can see her from here. It's just like the two of you. 
<laughs> she is big. You guys just went out and chopped that down today? No. So Nick was working when I went with my mom and stepsisters and everyone to get their trees. So he was like, I want to be a part of it. So I didn't get the $7. What is it? $7. I don't know. I think it's $6.50 to get a national forest tree. Oh, yeah. So the only places I know are like 40 minutes away because that's where I grew up. So I asked my uncle who lives, <laughs> who's lived in Hinesburg, like, where's a good place to go? Where do you guys go? It's a local like tree nursery. So we go there. There's about six trees there. <laughs> <laughs> And oh the most gosh. expensive one is $175. But did you get the least expensive? Of course. Do you want to tell everyone how much that was? <laughs> Do some guessing. I want to hear All some right. guessing. So the most expensive was $175. Yes. What is the inch difference from the most expensive to the least expensive? It's the type. Oh. So, All right. Tell me yeah. the type. So I got a balsam mm-hmm. fur, the best. And the height range was 8 to 10. Wait, that tree's 8 to 10 feet? Holy yeah. Shit. We have really high ceilings. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. I'm going to say that fucker was uh, 120. Okay, not – no, no, no. I was oh, not paying that. 90. Closer, 80? but yes. $80 for a tree? Yes. Well, they said they they actually doubled the price because apparently there's a tree, a Christmas tree shortage. Yeah, I heard about that. And then their, their supplier like shirked them 140 trees. So then they even had to hike the price up like even more because their supply was lower than they thought it was going yeah. to be. So that's their so and I'm like, God, I should just cut down a freaking swamp dinky <laughs> tree in the national forest. <laughs> Why is there a supply chain issue on trees? Are the trees not from the US? I don't get it. I didn't know this, but not all places that sell trees like grow them themselves. Like when you go to a Christmas tree farm, those are the ones that they grow themselves. But a lot of places order trees from companies like lumber companies that cut down trees and then give it to them so this nursery they do plants they don't do like christmas trees so they order mm-hmm. Christ- mm-hmm. so guessing like growth wasn't good because of global warming probably something i don't know else. i've just heard elsewhere too like the people that truck them in like order trees like even they are short I don't know what's going on. I don't know. There's also the great cat food shortage of 2021 as well. What's going on with cat food? Every place I go, whether it be Kinney Drugs, grocery stores, big and small, their cat food is like, it was like toilet paper in (laughs) April of 2020. Like, all they have is like the crap kinds that no cats like. Yeah. So my poor girls, they like frisky shreds. They're eating Frisky's, what do they call meaty bits. <laughs> and they're definitely not as excited in the morning for their meaty bits. Oh my God, the poor girls. I geez, I hope they make it through. You might have to start feeding them pine needles. <laughs> we got plenty. See how big that tree is. Damn, 80 bucks. How long are you going to keep that thing up for? Uh, to make it worth its while, 80 days, a dollar a day. <laughs> what are you oh, drinking? Okay, so today on Crumb on Tap, I'm drinking a little espresso. Oh my God, at 5.40? 5.40 p.m. I'm drinking a little espresso with um, some toffee nut Starbucks cream. Ooh, I love toffee. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be up all night? Oh, no. I'll still go to bed at like... Oh, are you using that Christmas cup that you said you're going to be drinking out of for the rest of your life to make up for the cost? Well, I have like five of them now. (laughs) Oh. Because Patrick got some on his company card. Oh, good, good, good. This is the cup that I paid about $6.58. I drink out of it like how you're going to be looking at your tree for 80 days. <laughs> yes, I'm going to be staring at it. It costs as much as like a TV in the 80s. 
Alrighty, Megan. So what are you drinking? So today, I don't know why we have these. Nick randomly is in a mood where he wants to drink, but then he doesn't drink. So then he'll have three sips. And then I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to be drinking the rest. <laughs> so I have a Vermont craft classic, mm-hmm. some switchback ale, and I've saved to open it to see what sound it makes. Okay. Oh my gosh. This bottle opener does not fit in the bottle. Okay. We're going to use it like this. Okay, that wasn't really annoying. <laughs> All that buildup. I think because he had to go backwards, there was no buildup. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I remember Failure. that bottle. I think I first had it like randomly at a party. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what the hell is this? And everyone's like, it's some like Vermont special thing. Yeah, well, I remember I used to think I hated Switchback because when I was like 17, someone like gave it to my mom and stepmom as like a gift. It was like a big like leader one. Yeah. You know, being 17, like, oh, I'm going to sneak a sip. <laughs> and I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> I know. It's like it's because you're 17, you haven't developed a palate for alcohol yet. But now I love yeah. them. I yeah, think I they taste just, really good. I mean, it's just like coffee, too. Yeah, I hated coffee when I was younger. I know. Now I can't stop drinking it. Now I literally need it to function. I hate being like that. That white girl status. I definitely, I just, I need We can't even. Like, I wake up and just think about the first set. It never gets old. Nope, it doesn't. (laughs) All right, are you ready for hot tap? Okay, yes. So we're going to get into our our little hot toppies before we get into our big toppy. We need like a segment, like us like singing hot toppies or something. I'm a hot (laughs) toppy. From that um, pussycat doll song they say when i grow up they say that i'm a hot topic play it before are we we gonna have to to pay them royalties (laughs) honestly i'm okay with that i love the pussycat dolls oh they haven't made a hit in 10 years but i don't know how much they charge for a royalty but we don't have much to give but i give them like a penny (laughs) yeah a penny a play that sounds reasonable All right, so to start off Hot Toppies, which is so fun because we just talked about the ongoing trials in the last episode, and now we have the verdict. <laughs> it just works seamlessly. Yep, I mean, it's like we planned it or something. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Alrighty, so if y'all haven't listened to last week's episode, go listen to it. Let me just, so if y'all haven't heard, Jesse Smollett just won an Oscar for Best Actor for Faking a Hate Crime. <laughs> Oh my god, that's not where I thought you were going to go with that. Oh my god. I had that planned all day. <laughs> you looking forward to it? He finally won his Oscar for Best Actor because yesterday, Thursday, December 9th, he was found guilty of five counts of disorderly conduct for making false. The jury deliberated for nine hours, which is still longer than the O.J. Simpson case, which was four. But he was charged with six and he was only charged guilty. He was, there was only five guilty verdicts and they were all for making false police report. All for different things so one was for false police report for a hate crime one was false police report for being a victim of a battery and then there's also just false reports for hate crime and battery just to different officers so like i don't know how they did that but they did and then well because like each officer is a resource you know i guess yeah Mm -hmm. they could be doing something else i guess is how they thought that and then the lone count that he was not found not guilty of was for making a false report that he was a victim of an aggravated battery now how is that he was found guilty of being a victim 
victim of a battery, but he was found not guilty of being a victim of an aggravated battery. There must be some legal jargon that, like, distinguishes the two. Right? Man, I don't know if you saw, but Justice Ernie says they're going to fight this and appeal it, and they're going to win because the jury's verdicts were inconsistent, and they inconsistently made verdicts on the same actions, but were contradicted. Which I'm kind of looking at it like, yeah, how is one guilty and one's not guilty? You know? That is strange. I don't know. The attorney was really confident that they're just going to appeal the case and they're going to win it. Good luck. <laughs> the charges really false police report really gets you no jail time because it's considered a class 4 felony charge that carries a prison sentence of up to 3 years. So is it 3 years per count or is it 3 years in total? I think in count. Yeah, that's what I would think too. Okay, so that's 15 years up to 15 years which he's going to serve. Let's be real. He's going to pay a fine and do some community service like Martha Stewart and going to be on his way. That's the update on Jesse Smollett. He was found guilty on five of six counts, which because I follow the Shade Room Instagram, but all the comments, even like the black community are like, he is like a disgrace. Like he is making us look bad, basically. Like he's moving us backwards. And during the time was like about a movement like going forward and he like put a stain on the black community. The video of the attorney talking, how they're going to appeal it. All the comments were like, just give it up. Just admit you did it. You found guilty. Like move on. Why are you still fighting it? Nobody's on your side. Well, it's just like Amber Heard lying about domestic abuse so now that that tiny 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 percent of people that lie about those situations everyone's gonna say for the people that aren't lying oh well amber heard lied or oh jesse jesse Smollett lied like it's just <laughs> take away credibility for people that do have the courage to speak up and stuff like that so it is a disgrace i'd agree exactly apparently the judge was like yeah i'll get to sen- sentencing when i can I, they do that for everything it's so like just do it all at once. I know. Like, what do you got to think about? You've had time to sleep during the whole trial. Think about what you're going to sentence them. So my core update is Josh Duggar, who was... He looks disgusting. Like, have you seen recent pictures of him? I saw him leaving the courthouse holding Anna's hand. And I'm like, girl, oh my god, what are you doing? He's attracted to your children. I'd be like, don't... fucking touch me it's mind-blowing like you know god understand if you don't want to be with him yeah i would say god can forgive that one i'd say that (laughs) like it's he looks like a toucher like you know he really does so he was facing charges for receiving and possessing child sex abuse images pornography whatever and he was on thursday which was what oh damn yesterday Mm -hmm. december 9th he was found guilty on one count of downloading material and one count of possessing it for each count he faces up to 20 years in prison faces up to 40 years in prison and up to five hundred thousand dollars in fines sure god was his attorney god was his attorney god was in the courtroom god is my witness <laughs> literally i'd like to bring jesus christ to the stand <laughs> Yeah, he really needs to be locked up because it's crime follows mm-hmm. like from one thing to another and never ends with Josh. Like it's a pattern. Like he is a repeat offender. Put him in jail. Throw away the key. He's like one of those guys that's like, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna I'm gonna change for you, baby. And then four months later, they're doing the same old shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> if even four months. Yeah. <laughs> 
I did oh, want to oh. read a statement that Jim Bob, which is the worst name ever. <laughs> Tell us what Jim Bob had to say. I want to know. Jim so Bob bad. and Michelle, but I mean, Michelle's a woman, so in their eyes, she doesn't have a say. So Jim Bob. <laughs> this entire ordeal has been very grievous. Today, God's grace through the love and prayers of so many has sustained us. Our hearts and prayers, that's strange, are with anyone who has ever been harmed through CSAM, which is child sex abuse material. I'm like, they're so familiar with this that they're using the acronym that no one knows. Like, I had to Google that shit. The second part goes, in the days ahead, we will do all we can to surround our daughter-in-law, Anna, and their children with love and support. As parents, we will never stop praying for Joshua and loving him as we do all of our hundreds and thousands of children. I added that. It felt so natural. I know, right? (laughs) In each of life's circumstances, we place our trust in God. He is a source of strength and refuge. Thank you for your prayers. Are they the same Christians that the family we're going to be talking about are? I don't know what they identify as. The family we're going to talk about, they are Pentecostal Christians. Yeah, Pentecostal. Pentecostal. <laughs> Pene, Pene Pasta. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. I wonder, I bet you they're, oh, they're Baptist. Oh, do they also believe that God's telling them have as many kids as possible? Well, I know a lot of conservative Christian ideals like don't believe in like birth control because it's like playing with the laws of God. Like if God Ooh. wants you to have a baby, don't interfere with that. Mm. Probably, yeah. There. I mean, well, no, also a part of it is like with the evangelical movement. I say a hundred million times, Jesus Camp is the best documentary ever made. <laughs> they were like a lot of what they were preaching. The evangelicals was like, we need to recruit for God's army. You need to have as many kids as possible because we need for the the fight for christianity and god we need soldiers so you need to produce kids i don't know like what are they gearing up for the war against christianity oh satan satan <laughs> little mass <laughs> little mass and his blood shoes Alrighty, is that all we have for hot tappies Alrighty, sing us sing us out nicole scherzinger <laughs> 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 so we're done with the hot tappy. <laughs> and we're gonna get right into the potty. Yeah. Alrighty, guys. So on this episode of Climb on Tab, we wanted to just do a little quick overview of this family that is closely related to the Duggars. Yes, yes. And really only because the family's been speaking out and they recently did a 2020 episode and I just randomly came across it one day on YouTube and it was really fascinating to watch to see this lifestyle that these kids are. They were more in it for God. God called on them to do so. Right. They kept having kids because God was like, he was like dj Khaled, another one <laughs> okay that was kind of cringy <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i thought that was so good i think dj Khaled is so irrelevant and i cannot stand him if you guys don't know about the turban family i advise you to look into them because this is pretty recent this came out in 2018 of what they were doing for decades to mm-hmm. these children i think why it's so fascinating is because of the ages of the children and how old they are and how brainwashed and how trapped they were i mean they didn't even know they were they didn't even know anything and how this could happen plain sight like this isn't this wasn't out off the grid in alaska this was 
was in California, in a neighborhood, in like an everyday white neighborhood. Yeah, like they had neighbors, even. Neighbors are just like, oh, those weirdos, those crazy homeschooling Christians. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right, so Megan, did you want to get into a little backstory? Yes. So David and Louise Turpin are the parents, and they had 13 children between them. At the time of 2018, they were ranged from ages 29 to four. That is insane. So it's like this grown-ass adult, which we talked about, they were un- underwent so much like social, physical, emotional, all that trauma. They were so they were so stunted. Yeah, emotionally, like 29, but probably like six emotionally yeah yeah honestly it's so hard to believe but if you watch videos of these kids speaking it's insane it's bizarre how little interaction they had with the outside world mm-hmm. like because they didn't go to school because they were home, ho- quote homeschooled yeah um and even david put on his like resume that he he was an engineer and he also put on his resume that he was the principal of sandcastle day school yeah in the documentation he had to submit to the state it showed that he was the principal of this of this homeschool like how was that how does no one look at that like that's not a thing you're not a principal of anything <laughs> isn't the county like reviewing it and being like why is the parent calling themselves the principal is that like normal for homeschooling i don't know how homeschooling works so i don't know if that's normal or not but it sounds weird mm-hmm. oh, well i don't know either because i hold a controversial opinion that it's not healthy most of the time because i think about when i was like in middle school and high school and then they would send their homeschool kids to school or they'd like have them do after school activities with public school kids and being like oh that's a homeschool kid you can tell because they don't know how to talk to other kids i don't think it's healthy either honestly yeah and louise was a stay-at-home mother even though there was no mothering involved (laughs) she was just (laughs) at home (laughs) yeah that's all she was that's what the kid the kids have said the same thing she was just there Mm -hmm. or not even there she was just always gone sometimes she was just doing her thing and so like we were talking about before they were pentecostal christians david allen i don't know why i just said david allen because it's in this article, they said his middle name. It's um, Principal David. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Principal David. <laughs> his father was a preacher. So that's where I feel like a lot of the religious background, probably. So I wonder if he had a strange upbringing. There isn't as much about his upbringing as there is about Louise. Mm-hmm. Her and one of her sisters were very sadly pimped out by their mother to two wealthy older pedophiles to get money and that's how they the two girls were molested and they provided for the family that way and then they had a younger third sister that luckily did not happen to that's definitely i'm sure a part of louise's issue um, of never being a kid or understanding healthy relationships and lifestyles so they began dating when david was 23 and louise was 16 and he actually they were in together in Princeton West Virginia and one day he signed her out of school because I mean he is over the age of 18 he signed her out of school and they ran away I mean isn't that fucked yeah but I mean it makes sense because as sad as it was she was molested by an older man and she probably carried that with her and that's probably why she was seeking out an older man right 
Yeah, and, and they were doing it secretly. And so she that's all she oh yeah, relationships between people are secret. Yeah. And yeah. but David's father said, You need to come back home and be an honest man and marry her. You can't live in sin. So that was his thing. It's like, oh, you can't run away with the sixteen year old. It's like, oh, if you're gonna run away, you at least have to be married. Yes. In the eyes of God. So they came back and got married in nineteen eighty five. While she was sixteen. Yes. She was 16. Her family, of course, signed off on her getting married to an older man. But they clearly didn't care about her. So yeah. it was that hard, really, to run away with her. And can I say, like, you know how some people get old and they get, like, ugly and unattractive? They were both never attractive. Okay, David, David Allen has this haircut where she just <laughs> put a bowl on his head and cut around. He's got the creepy, creepy haircut vibe going on. Yeah, he looks disgusting. <laughs> And even when they were younger, the photos, it's, it never changed. I don't know what she found attractive in him. Probably attention. His age? That was it. I don't know. Because there's nothing appealing about that man. Because I'd like to think most 23-year-old men are smart enough not to... Smart enough and also do not have the want to be with a 16-year-old. So yeah, probably like, I want an older man, but there's slim pickings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that definitely, I think, carries forward that David was probably like a little pedo like i'm sure he had a little bit of pedo in him i mean i did nothing i've read has said that the kids were molested i know so i just get the vibe you know you look at him you're like oh he definitely touched his kids well he must have some interest because i mean a 16 year old and 23 year old i mean oh one interesting thing is that they were very conservative right well but makes sense but they were involved in swinging oh i read about that and also the the younger sister wrote a book florence is her name and she said that she was really worried about louise because she was into witchcraft she was smoking drinking gambling so she was was not according to the sister she was not a holy woman so they were hypocrites so they're i'm sorry but i don't know who is swinging with the turpin well and i was thinking that too we look at their houses they're covered in feces and garbage i'm sorry i would not sleep with someone (laughs) that smelled like fucking old trash (laughs) and they look they look like trash they look like they live in trash yeah like david who's swinging with that i know i'd like to meet these people (laughs) they swung with <laughs> maybe it was like back in like earlier time i hope yeah like in the 80s because i feel like at this in their life they're not swinging anymore it was probably when they were like had two kids yeah so they lived in fort worth texas until 1999 and then they moved to a nearby neighborhood and what they did was they took the two youngest kids that lived with them until they were old enough to like fend for themselves and then they'd put all the kids in an isolated trailer on their property kind of tucked away so they were having at one point 10 kids living in a trailer just like they would sometimes bring groceries but it was never enough i mean 10 fucking kids yeah, you know, yeah. a bag of chips have fun mm-hmm. that's also the point where you had mentioned this too in the documentary one of the kids jordan turpin who i feel like talks them in the documentary a lot right yep she said that they would eat ketchup and mustard or ice that was their meal and i'm surprised nothing happened after this so when they moved out of there it was in rio vista near fort worth when they moved out 
of their place they were renting the mm-hmm. landlady said that they found feces everywhere there was beds with rope tied there was dead cats like mummified dead cats piled of trash and no one thought to sit call and be like hey i just saw i just came in this house and i don't think kids should be living here yeah that's not normal i have to say i was saying this to you earlier like i'm no betty crocker housewife sweeping this and that but i don't have piles of garbage yeah my cats are alive and well (laughs) i we keep our poop in the toilet (laughs) (laughs) i mean i just don't understand how that doesn't get reported or anything right like how they were doing all of this under everyone's noses yeah i mean and also like family do they have any family like i know louise's family is just non-existent but like david's family is anyone coming over for christmas don't seem like they do anything with anybody her sisters did report that they would be like oh can we like video chat and they'd be like oh we're too busy we have 13 kids what do you think we're just gonna video chat with you we're too busy (laughs) yeah it kind of makes sense (laughs) so they settle in. i thought they settled in rio vista california they settled in paris california oh okay so the rio vista you that was they were living in texas at that that was a place in texas okay and then they moved to paris california and the neighbors were like the children didn't speak unless spoken to they were malnourished pale they like limped probably because they were tied to beds all the time they yeah. didn't they would like limp and walk strange <laughs> maybe never even taught to walk think about that Sean. Know, they I probably know. may have not have even had time to learn how to walk well jordan turpin was saying how her sisters were teaching her how to count and speak and to read she was like my sisters taught everything mm-hmm. and they had 10 daughters and three sons was the split up there it's so fascinating that the eldest was 29 i know and like had no idea one thing we were saying when the police finally come they were like confused like what are police what's medicine like they're the police were like we're here to help you and they're like there's people that help people what's that who's who's she the other thing i did want to say was that we had talked about it before david and louise were obsessed that's probably where they moved to california with Mm. disneyland yes so the only time the kids were like allowed out or like shown to be out were when they went to disneyland and they had like matching shirts like oh my god look at us cute like big family (laughs) while the kids are only allowed to shower once a year (laughs) yeah did you watch the video of their renewing their vows i didn't watch the video but i saw the pictures and those horrible matching plaid purple dresses they those poor girls in yes all right so you have to watch the video of them dancing it is the most awkward thing ever is it the kids or the husband and wife so like there's music playing and then louise is like doing a move and then mm-hmm. all the kids are just like watching her and then they just copy her that's so interesting and can't even like follow beat or rhythm it's just very strange what's music yeah their arms are like little skin and bone it's bad mm-hmm. it was so sad but yeah the strange fascination they have for disneyland they also have their license plates we're like disneyland forever dl forever something yeah oh and uh, it also doubled as um david and louise dl david louise oh they're they're actually clever <laughs> i don't know if that was on purpose actually <laughs> it may have just been a quinky dink but i just noticed that you're so jokey jokey oh my god take it away shawnison so if y'all didn't know one of the sisters escaped her name's jordan jordan turpin she was 17 years old and apparently i'll give you guys the tea she heard the parents talking about how they were making plans to move to oklahoma once again they were moving the family i feel like maybe like they're were they like each time they moved 
move was a point in time where they were like getting close to getting caught. We gotta move, skedaddle, new state. I that's exactly what I was thinking because I feel like moving thirteen kids, like I'd rather just stay put. At that I have, I mean, you and I talked about how we hate moving, and there's what two eat two of us each and then some animals <laughs> yeah and it's miserable but i yeah. guess when the kids have nothing i guess it's pretty easy to move yeah and you just leave all your trash there yeah all the chains and ropes to the bed frame mm-hmm. i know it's this weird thing of like did they know what they were doing was wrong yeah i don't know anyways apparently two of the sisters overheard them speaking of this and they figured time to go go time we gotta, we gotta get out of here so jordan one of her sisters jumped out of the window late at night as got out the window one of the sisters got nervous and ran back inside and then jordan was like fuck this i'm out i'm free i'm running <laughs> he bolt down the street and it's so sad in the body cam footage or not even the body cam it's just when she's talking to the dispatch she doesn't even know she doesn't even know what a sidewalk is she's standing and running in the middle of the street luckily there's not like cars driving around she's talking to the dispatcher and she has never spoken to a stranger like megan said these kids were only they were silent unless they were so even at home, if they spoke at a line, they would get beaten or strangled and they would get chained up to the bed. Imagine at this moment, you're 17 years old and you've never spoken to a stranger. And now you're on the phone speaking to somebody who might be able to help. And she references that the phone came from her brother, which is odd because I'm like, your brother's old and has a phone and he's still at the house. You yeah, know? I'm wondering how he got that. Maybe they like gave it to him to like to like contact the mother or father if, or I don't know. Well, it's come out being that uh, the phone only, it didn't allow for outgoing calls. So it's the only phone number she could call was 911. And luckily she knew what that number was. So she escapes, calls 911, is talking to the dispatcher, is like really confused on like what to ask for. Like she doesn't know what to say really. She just goes into kind of explaining what's happening because the dispatcher is just like, oh, like this poor little girl, like honestly little girl, because she sounds like she's like 11. Speaking on the phone, just like her vocabulary sounds like a little child. Dispatcher is just probably thinking this is just, just another runaway child. Call an officer and bring the kid back home. As Jordan's talking to the dispatcher, I think it's becoming more and more clear that the situation is more serious. As Jordan is telling the dispatcher that one of her sisters is chained up to a bed right now, that she hasn't showered in a year, that her parents don't feed them, and I think the dispatcher is now thinking like, oh, maybe this is a little bit more serious. Mm-hmm. So it just says a lot that even though she doesn't know exactly what her parents are doing wrong because she can't really articulate like why this is bad she knows she feels it that it's bad because she sees yeah. suffering she knows it's not good but she doesn't know exactly why it's not good i think that's just so interesting yeah she says over and over that i haven't bathed in a year my parents don't either she says a word it's either nasty or like you're disgusted something like that and she just repeats it over and over the fact he knows that not bathing in a year is not socially normal that's something. it's also like not healthy either like i i was just watching some random like facts youtube video and like you can actually get infections because bacteria stays on your skin and all this yeah. stuff you have like it's also just healthy for you to shower so the dispatcher is continuing talking to jordan the dis- dispatcher is calling an author she's hanging her location because dispatcher talks to jordan and asks her to look up to look for a street sign asking her what her address is and it's so sad because the dispatcher says what's the address how can we find you and jordan has like i think it's an envelope with her address on it she reads off her phone number so she reads off her phone number and she said, that's it. That's my address. And the dispatcher's like, you gave me a phone number. That I need an address. She has no idea what her address is. Well, she probably, can she even read a street sign? If there was a street sign, would she be able to read it? I, I don't think so. So God, it's so hard to imagine. Like, 
things that you and I take for granted, a part of life that they had no idea. It's just like, that's why this case is so interesting. Yeah. So the dispatcher directs her to look for a stop sign, big red sign that says stop on it. And she says, go stand underneath that stop sign and wait for an officer. She mentions that she is terrified that if her parents find her, probably kill her. Honestly, she even thinks that, says that. And she's also terrified that they're just going to bring her right back to the house. There was even like a quote from her that was, that was like, I think I'm going to die, but at least I died trying. Yeah. And I was like, oh, punch me in the gut. Oh, man. So we finally see the officer arrive and calls her by name. And you can just see the fear on her face. She's petrified. She has never spoken to a stranger before. And just for her trying to like articulate like what's actually going on in the house is heartbreaking to hear. Because she doesn't even know what to say. She doesn't have the vocabulary to tell him what's going on because she's never learned. She, she probably just learned it from overhearing. Like they didn't have TV. So it's not like a lot of like English as second language people say they learned it from tv or youtube or stuff like that they didn't even have that yeah yeah nothing the officer getting more and more out of her she's just repeating the same thing she's told to told to the dispatcher thankfully the officer is like understanding and he takes it more seriously than just bringing a runaway kid back home and from there basically everything unfolds and also i forgot to mention jordan has evidence on the cell phone she has evidence of her sister tied up to a bed frame right now because the officer says do you have anything to show me of what's going on inside and she says actually I do and she finds the photo on the phone so I don't know who like how do they have this phone the, the parents must have trusted so much that they had broken them down that they wouldn't even try yeah Jordan say that they had been planning this for two years yeah so she shows him a photo of her sister tied up and that's when I believe the officer's like okay this is serious <laughs> yeah like there's probable if there's probable cause I think you don't need a search warrant it's yeah. like if if it's like a hunch based on mm. what I know from TV if it's like a hunch they need a search warrant but if it's like okay we see evidence yeah the officers enter the house and it's so funny watching the video because the parents are just like what's is everything okay officer what's wrong like what's going on i think they found everything yeah they they found trash everywhere they found disgusting beds with children in them yeah they're i think right before they had unlocked the the sisters that were chained up but then they had chained up a boy so he found the boy chained up yeah one of the interesting things was that there was an a key and so as they found all of this they arrested david and louise on the spot and they were like hey before you go where's the key to unlock the fucking child and they're like oh the other kids know where it is and so they point him to it and she's like oh oh is this why this is happening like referring to oh is the chained up kid why we're being arrested and the officer goes well it's part of it that's what makes me think like do they even understand what they've done i know are they just playing spit because they know they're being recorded or do they actually know what they're doing right and they also find a fridge full of food and they find fast food wrappers all over the house the parents are eating good Mm -hmm. and the kids are eating ice cubes with ketchup on it yeah oh my god and one of the documents said that one of the 11 year old children had the arm circumference of a four month old baby Mm -hmm. and the 29 year old weighed 82 pounds it's nuts they found food like in the beds and stuff that the kids were hiding and that's why Jordan said one of her sisters is locked up right now because she stole food from her mom or something which i mean rightly so their kids are starving i know well it's just thinking about you know these are the things we just know about they probably went through horrors that they don't eat that we don't even that weren't made public or that they don't even know were horrors yeah but that's kind of it so we get to the trial and everything the parents originally plead not guilty which is crazy why do people do that when it's so obvious i know they plead not guilty then they're like oh we're gonna get life in prison all right we're guilty sorry and then they still got life 
Valley prison. <laughs> I mean, it's just a, such a disgusting crime. Honestly, I mean, they've been doing it for uh, almost 30 years to these kids, and she wasn't stopping. She was going to keep popping more out. It's like, I guess she wanted more fodder for torture. Yeah. But I bet you blame God. Like, God made me have all these kids, and now, like, God, look at what you did to me. Well, it's not like God's going to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> they won't be eligible for parole for 25 years as of 2019. So they'll be old, and honestly, I don't think they would even get parole. No, I don't. I mean, just the how heinous it is, how long it went on, yeah. how many kids, like... Yeah, and the judges don't like when people hurt kids. <laughs> no, that's like a rule. Even people in other people in jail don't like people that hurt kids right like, the other thing i wanted to add was that they are actually the turpin family is in the news again mm-hmm. i said this to you before that a lot of the turpin children are coming out saying that social services failed them yeah that a lot of the minor children are were put in foster homes that then abused them and they left the older kids with nothing like they're above 18 so they couldn't do anything but they had no skills to do anything so a lot of them are homeless yep and another piece i read was that they do have some money that was like donated to them and there's a power of attorney over the money and one of the sons asked for money to buy a bike to like get around one of the older sons and they said no they don't have access to money to get an apartment for themselves to get themselves on their feet to get an education to get food yeah yeah it's like what do you do you're just like tossed into the world i mean i feel like honestly they would probably rather be homeless than to live in that house it's probably the same yeah probably have the same resources she doesn't even know what her address was at the age of 17 what what kind of job can she get i guess like the only thing though i would say was that at least when they were in that house they were together now they're separated yeah yeah because the youngest they all went to foster care Mm -hmm. the oldest a lot of them were old a lot of them were over 18 Mm -hmm. i think they said there were six of them were minors that's crazy that's the turpin family and i hope that the house of horrors Mm -hmm. yeah that's what the documentary is called right yeah so guys if you want to watch it's pretty the series is pretty quick jordan turpin she just does a a 2020 episode on it's on youtube you can watch it and it shows exactly what she was going through it shows the body cam footage it shows basically everything it's honestly so heartbreaking to watch that this was even possible in a little white suburban town in plain view that's if you see something say something like i feel like we live in the age of everybody mind your own business but sometimes it's okay to be a little nosy (laughs) it's for the good of children or someone that's in danger i also i forgot to mention the neighbors they came out after and they said that they did see signs that things were going on one of the neighbors recalls he would get home late from work like late in the night like 2 a.m 3 a.m and he would drive by the house and he would see like the lights on upstairs and he said he could see and watch children walking back and forth like in a military all night and that might have been like a punishment or something they had to go through and then he didn't do anything didn't do anything you know you're coming home every night from work if you're seeing this constantly maybe you should say something yeah i agree so that's my moral that's my moral of this what what's your moral or do you agree with me oh i totally agree i mean and honestly like looking at the parents like if you just saw them i would be questioning what's going on well with that haircut he has i'd be like sir (laughs) (laughs) sir uh is everything okay he's probably not making any good choices if that's the choice that he's going to make about his right they got a search warrant because 
of his haircut. Granted <laughs> <laughs> it without question. Already, Megan. Mm-hmm. Is that a wrap on the Turpins? I'd say that's a, a wrap on the Turpins. That's a wrap already. So we thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of Crime on Tap. We really hope you enjoyed our little take on the Turpins. But be sure to follow us over on social media at Crime on Tap Pod on Instagram to be kept up with the latest. Be sure to listen to us on all the major streaming platforms. Megan? Spotify, Apple, Podbean. Podbean. I was going more with, but yes, your support, everything and more to us. It's been a wild year. We still have a couple more episodes coming out this year, so stay tuned. And we'll see you guys next time where crime crime is always always on tap. tap. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha,